Cat Disgusted is a show about veterinary nursing. It is not a show about how to cure your sick pet. If your animal is sick, take it to the vet. Don't be a crazy person and use a podcast to cure your puking cat, dog, chinchilla, etc., etc. I think they would tell you the same thing. If they could. Mm, Which they can't. Which makes it hard. You know what's up. Take them to the vet. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Cat Disgusted, a podcast for veterinary technicians and the people and animals who love them. Each episode, we explore the best of times and the worst of times in veterinary nursing. I'm your host, Nicole Dickerson. I'm an RVT working in emergency and critical care. BTSCCC. And this is what happens. my lovelies and welcome back to cat disgusted um i blinked and it became february so i guess this is what it's like being in my early 40s um the holidays were busy as you can imagine both in emergency and in family world and then uh you know there's been other things going on i know it's a total cop out that 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 busyness is like a reason why i haven't been on this podcast for a while but it kind of is um i'm in two music projects uh one is a a rock band called the stellar madness you should totally look it up um on our various social meds and then the other one is an acoustic duo called beryl and nicole creatively because it is my friend beryl and i doing um some acoustic jams covers of pop songs and original things um that one you can also find on the youtube and the facebook so there's my little music plug for the day uh 2020 has arrived and with it comes the retelling of a classic tale now as i venture into 2020 i can't believe that i didn't uh tell this story before on this podcast because I feel like I've definitely I've definitely been retelling this uh since it occurred at my old hospital uh and now I get to share it with you all so I know I've mentioned uh this particular technician that I've worked with before named Amanda Fox she was actually in a vein of puncture of the week episode for getting this impossible bulldog catheter in like the bottom of this bulldog's leg where it's funky vein wrapped around and the PDVM was afraid to pull it y'all remember that tale so she works in the cardiology department um at my old hospital and she has a lovely co-worker named Julia Rojas Fude. I believe that's her married name is the Fude. She is from Colombia and she it was a veterinarian in Colombia, moved to the United States, and but she didn't want to go through all the hoops of getting her uh, DVM license. She'd rather work in specialty as a nurse, uh, as, a t- as a technician. So that's what she does. So she works in cardiology, but she's terribly smart and obviously knows her knows her business. So I shall begin the tale with these two ladies uh, by describing a game that um, Amanda Fokker, as we lovingly um, ha- call her, her nickname Fokker, Fokker liked to play this game called how much at least that's what I called the game was the how much game and it's because we uh we see a lot of nasty in our job 
I don't know if you've gotten the gist of that by listening to previous episodes of this podcast, but we do. And whenever Fokker would see something real nasty, like, you know, if we're like aspirating a nasogastric tube and there's like a syringe full of stomach contents, or if like, you know, some dog smears some diarrhea on the, on the metal wall of the cage, Fokker would look at it, point, look around the room, be like, how much? How much to just like, like touch your tongue to that? Like just once, just, 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 just a little, uh, little, just once. How much? How much to do that? And then there'd be a variety of responses. M- most often the response is $1 million, <laughs> $5,000. Oh, $5,000. Hmm. Well, maybe for four. Then you start to get like the kind of the low ballers who are like trying to think of like, well, if I could actually, what could I actually do with $5,000, $4,000? Anyway. So, but you know, no one ever actually, it's not actually a thing. It's just like, speculating on on how much it would cost you to stick your tongue in the puddle of diarrhea for one second or like to put your put your pinky in it and then touch your pinky to your tongue you know that kind of thing well one day in the cardiology department uh there was there was a a treat from a client i believe is how this began there was a, a box of c's candies and you know those c's lollipops that are like the dark chocolate or the caramel or like, I don't even know why C's makes them because they're, they're just not good, but yet they still seem to migrate into our lives every now and then. And they will be like, all the chocolates in the box will be gone, except there'll be this pile of C's lollipops that nobody wants to eat. And one person, one brave soul or one, you know, one person thinking that maybe today will be the day that this is actually going to be a delicious thing, a fool unwrapped a lollipop, obviously stuck it in their mouth for a second, and then threw it in the trash. Because what Fokker saw was on the top of a pile of trash in the trash can, nearly full trash can, of veterinary hospital waste, which consists of like, you know, crumpled up, uh, like bad prescription labels with the wrong dose and hairballs, was this lollipop that was sitting stuck to the top layer of this trash can. So, you know, not clean. Um, Fokker sees this and she sees her coworker, Julia, and says, hey, Julia, how much? How much to just like put that lollipop in your mouth for like one second? Like just, just, just one second, just one little, like, you know, just one, one little, one little in your mouth. How much? What do you think? Julia thinks about this for a second. And says, in her Colombian accent, mm, I do that for $200. Moment of silence. Fokker's eyes get rounder. Eyebrows shoot up. <gasps> really? $200? You do that for $200? Hold my beer. So then, Fokker proceeds to go around the hospital and collect funds for this dare. Now, that being said, you know, it's a rather large hospital. So I feel like it actually, I mean, the reason why this became a thing was because it is actually feasible that there might be $200 in cash in people's wallets around the facility if you asked enough folks. So this gets around that there is now a $200 pool on Julia Rojas sticking this hair-covered lollipop from the trash into her mouth. Now, as she's going around the hospital, Jenna Jones, who is another favorite of mine, 
she also gets involved in this. She's like, I'll count the cash once it starts coming. So now Fokker's getting like, you know, like some ones, some twenties, some fives from everybody who's around the hospital getting this $200 together. Now, it is worth being said that not everybody can attend said insertion of lollipop into Julia's mouth. And so there became a, a call for a video that Julia would have to film as this, as this lollipop was inserted into her mouth covered in hairballs. So now... Uh, as everyone's getting involved, the video is getting involved. Now we have to have a videographer who is also in attendance uh, while Jenna Jones is counting out money on the counter in front of the cardiology office. As you can imagine, things start to get a little little rowdy at this point. People are a little rowdy, you know, the, w- wanting to be involved or not involved. Now, lest we not forget that this is during business hours. I mean, the cardiology department is seeing appointments at, <laughs> during all of this. And so the cardiologist finally comes out of his doctor's office or out of the exam room, wherever he may have been. And is like, okay, guys, like looking at Jenna Jones, counting out the cash on the counter, Fokker, uh, you know, on her, t- probably on the tiger text, which is what we use to communicate with each other in the hospital. It's like a text message system throughout the hospital, rounding up additional funds to get this $200 together. And Julia probably quietly writing in a record, you know, just biding her time. Uh, Cardiologist says, okay, guys, I think, you know, we got to put a lid on this whole hairy lollipop situation. You know, I I don't know if it's it. And then, of course, you know, they're protesting. Oh, but we're almost done. I mean, it's going to be the same. Julia sees the conflict starting to begin, makes a decision. She grabs the lollipop in its Harry Glory, and says, no video, and sticks the lollipop in her mouth, rolls it around. So at this point, Jenna grabs the recycling container and almost barfs in it. Fokker, no time to get the phone out and actually film the video. And the cardiologist is left in silent Silent awe of <laughs> the conclusion of the situation. Uh, did Julia get the money? I'm fairly certain that whatever cash had been counted on, on uh, counted out on the table at that point did indeed get to Julia, or at least I certainly hope so. Um, I feel like my telling of the story gets hazy after this because you know at, at that point when the when the game actually when the how much game actually had a realistic, financially viable conclusion. The shock and awe of that phenomenon silenced the rest of the story from those hospital employees. So so there you go. So uh, when you're bored in a veterinary hospital, you can play the how much game. Just be careful because if there's actually a feasible, feasible value to the how much game, it can get a little rowdy and dangerous. Oh, 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to sing the praises of a veterinary technician who has performed an exceptional venipuncture of the week. Now, this particular star of the venipuncture of the week is a good uh, friend of mine, co-worker of mine, Calvin. Now, you may remember him from last episode. He was the fellow who I laughed and guffawed with uh, watching our coworker pick up the wads of diarrhea off the floor and then having to send the coworker away so he wouldn't also make a mess on the floor, vomit on the floor. Um, we got to do uh, a jugular catheter together. Now I've talked about the jugular catheters before. They're 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 a very complex thing that technicians are uh, more routinely becoming in charge of placing. Uh, what it is is I'll, I'll briefly describe it. I know I've talked about it before. Um, it's a longer catheter with multiple ports to draw blood, administer fluids, administer medications. Um, these can be placed in the jugular vein of the animal. They can also be placed in uh, peripheral veins. But the intention is to get central venous access. And that means you're getting to the larger vessels, which are closer to the heart. Uh, you can administer more caustic substances that way. You can even do uh, intravenous nutrition that way, although that's kind of fallen out of fashion. We're mostly doing enteral nutrition, which means using the gut these days to, uh, to administer nutrients. You can also do uh, what's called a central venous pressure which is a, a good way to measure blood pressure in animals that are chronically hypotensive. Uh, you could administer uh, dextrose at a higher concentration centrally than you can peripherally because it's a, it's a sugar concentration that can be irritating to the vessels. Uh, even some... Uh, even even some drugs that are intended to combat hypotension, um, some pressors that we administer are better administered uh, in a central vein rather than in a peripheral vein because it constricts vasculature, and so it can put the put the, the vessels can suffer some trauma from that. So the more central it is, the better it can be. Now. Placing these guys, is, it's, it's a multi-step process. You know, it involves getting a peripheral catheter like you would place in any other vein um, in, the, in the jugular vein, which is in the neck, and then inserting a wire. This is called the Seldinger technique or Seldinger technique, where a guide wire is inserted through that peripheral catheter uh, in order to keep, it kind of acts as a stylet, you know, it's kind of like you're placing a long stylet in order to feed all the other things on through there. Once the guide wire goes in, your peripheral catheter comes out. Then you have to make a big ass hole in the vessel because you're going to put a big ass catheter in there. So they have a vessel dilator, which is rather disturbing. This big, long piece of plastic that feeds over the wire pops into that vessel, makes a disconcerting poppity pop as you make a big hole in the vessel. Pull your dilator off the wire, wire staying in place the whole time, and then you feed your long catheter over the wire, and uh, and then the wire comes out at the very very end. Now I've you know I've skipped a couple steps in there just because it's you know radio. It's a little bit I, I don't know. It's 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 a, it's, it's a tricky thing to describe in an interesting fashion because it's lots of little itty bitty pieces of equipment that you can't see. But regardless, it's an exciting thing to do and it's complicated and it has to be sterile and the animals are usually very, very sick. And so I actually, this this is one of the things that I had to get good at uh, in order to get my um, veterinary technician specialty certification in emergency and critical care. So now that I have that, I feel like what I can do is now gift uh, the teaching of this complicated thing to other people. And it was I've been working with Calvin for a while, and I feel like it was time for him to graduate to the placing of one of these long lines because he'd done them with me a couple of times. It made sense that I would teach him how to do it. 
The patient that came in, however, not an easy stick, as we say. It was this poor little terrier who was diabetic and had actually had surgery for uh, a removal, partial removal of its mandibles. It was missing part of its lower jaw. And I forget exactly what the circumstances were for that. I believe it was attacked by a bigger dog. And so when it went to surgery, you know, the surgeon had warned them, you know, the healing is inhibited in diabetic animals. You know, the eating is going to get wonky because we're giving it all these drugs for pain meds. And because she's diabetic, she's at risk for uh, disrupting the balance of her blood sugars. You know, she could she could go into any variety of diabetic crisis because of all the stuff that we're doing with this surgery. Sure enough, um, the dog came to emergency very, very sick. It was dehydrated. Uh, we tested for ketones in its blood, and it did have ketones, which means it was in diabetic ketoacidosis. Now, the acidosis part, they're not always in. This particular dog, though, you know, the blood pH has a very narrow, narrow window in order to in order for your body to function correctly 7.35 to 7.45 this dog had a very acidic reading on the pH which means it was below 7.35 i don't remember exactly what the number was but you know any variation in that can really mess you up and i think this dog was like 7.2 something that's bad so what that means is she's going to need a lot of invasive management. Uh, she's going to need a lot of blood draws. She's going to need a lot of different intravenous medications, including insulin. Um, her sodium also happened to be really, really high. And so uh, because her sodium is high, you have to be careful bringing it down too quickly because they can suffer neurological signs if that happens. It was complicated. So this is the type of animal that is a candidate for one of these jugular catheters. Now, Given the status of this thing, though, it is not going to be easy. It's a small dog. She's super dehydrated. Diabetics have really baggy, fragile, weird skin, so it can sometimes be tricky to visualize the vessel. But I had faith. I was like, you know, I'm here. Um, I think we can do this together. Um, Calvin was the one who originally triaged that animal and got it into the hospital, so I feel like it's his case. He deserves a shot at managing his case and getting the appropriate instruments into it. So we gave the dog some sedation. That's usually required because, you know, they got to be they got to be pretty still during all this. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of different bits and pieces that are <laughs> sterile that have to go in the right places in a pretty specific way. So it's good if they stay still. So me and Calvin did the central line together. Uh, I find that often the hardest part of the whole thing is getting the peripheral catheter into the jugular vein because you're not used to putting those catheters into that vein. They're under a drape, so you kind of lose your anatomical landmarks a little bit. But little baby puppy Jesus was on our side and that dog had a, a vein that we could visualize and Calvin got that peripheral catheter in there and I helped him like I put on some sterile gloves so that I could hang on to things and talk him through it and like hand him sterile things and kind of you know put my hands in places to help him help guide him through it but you know what the man got that catheter in there and we were taking placement radiographs so we always have to check that it's in the right place once it's in there, even though we get a big satisfactory flash of blood from aspirating on back on those uh, three ports that come out of there, it's good to know how close the end of the catheter is to the heart because you can cause some irritation and disturbance to that little heart by poking it in the atrium right there. It can cause some arrhythmias. So you want to make sure that you're not like flapping the end of your catheter in your heart 
turns out that catheter was in the perfect place. But what I loved about the whole night was that right as we were taking those x-rays and we were bandaging up that catheter, his fiance came because she often comes to the hospital and brings him dinner. Uh, she's all, she is a veterinarian at another hospital. She comes in, sees us in the x-ray room, which she always just comes back there. I'm like, oh, send her on back. It's fine. She doesn't have to wait up front. Um, found us in radiology. And we're, the, the catheter is still exposed. You can still see it in his neck. And I looked at her and I looked at him and I was like, girl, look at what your man did today. Look at that. He put that in there. Isn't that exciting? And her face lit up. It was so sweet. She was smiling. She's like, oh, I've never done that before. I've seen them before, but I've never done that. I'm like, well, now, yo, man, he done did it. Oh, I was so excited. And he's always so humble. And, you know, I, I think he holds a very high standard for himself. And so he he would be upset if he didn't do it, obviously. But for him, you know, he he he, he he's more subtle about it. He's like, oh, thanks. Oh. But it was sweet. I love that his fiance got to celebrate that with with him and with with us. And the dog did well. Um, You know, the, the dog survived, survived the night, as we like to say in our shift, alive till 1105. <laughs> 11 o'clock is when the end of my shift is. Um, the dog did well overnight. It was a very complicated disease. So, you know, the outcome of the case of the, the I should say the prognosis for that dog was very, very poor. Uh, but nonetheless, did well overnight, survived all the instrumentation. Um, and Calvin did a fantastic job and I was able to guide him through it. We all felt good about it. Congratulations, sir. Your first central line placement on a very difficult case. A very well-deserved fan of puncture of the week. Me and my click run through the gutters, breaking down shutters as the beats go dun 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 dutter. Ain't nothing better than these flavor butters. It's like freaking with your lovers trying to bust his rubber. Have him have him undercover like he thought he never. How the hell a bitch like me become so clever? Yo, whack MCs, you'll never never. Hey, I'm so happy we get a little bit of Missy Elliott at the end of this episode. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in as always, ladies and gentlemen. I will return uh, with another episode of Cat Disgusted relatively soon, let's hope. Let's hope we don't wait another couple months. Um, I'm trying to make it a priority. 2020, banner year for Cat Disgusted, man. Banner year. Um, so I will be back. In the meantime, don't come see me at work. Bye. Every freaking year I come with something sicker. Fans taking flicks, wanna get my picture. Freaks only speak, do you know, Jigga? Strange motherfucker trying to be my nigga. Turn Joe Man to an ass licker. Cheating ass men, these cheating ass men. Time to stop gaming and stay the